Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. We're excited, you know, and, you know, um, being a pastor's, a, a pastor's kid, my father passed away in December 2021, but he taught us a lot of lessons and my cousins are here this morning. Uh, they knew my dad, you know, you know, a lot, you know, because he, he pretty much raised them for a lot of, a lot of the part of their lives. Um, and one of the things that he always taught us was, you know, no matter what, you got to continue going. No matter what, you got to continue fighting the fight. No matter what, you got to continue, uh, you know, being faithful. You got to continue being, you know, that person who you said you were going to be. Because sometimes we can say, uh, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, but, but don't, don't talk. Just, just speak with your actions. Don't talk. I'm going to preach, and, it, and if it's necessary, you got to speak words. And whenever he passed away, there was many things in, in, our, in our lives, confusion, like, why now? Why did you take him? You know, uh, there was these, these, this season in my life where I was like, Lord, I need my dad. You know, I need his, his, just his, his prayers. How many times did he call you? Carlos, hey, can I pray for you? You know, we called him, Dad, can you pray for me? Like, everything's going to be all right. That's all I needed to hear sometimes. Everything's going to be all right. And, and I don't know, I know it doesn't happen to you, but it's happened to me. You know, I need him. I need my father sometimes. I need him to, to tell me, hey, son, everything's going to be all right. But what happens when he's gone? He says, I left the legacy that you got to fulfill. I left, I paved the way, now you just walk through it. I made a way for where you can finally go into this place where you don't depend on me anymore. Now you're depending on God. Now you're depending on the Holy Spirit. Now you're depending on what He has done in our lives. You can't just live off of the pastor and what his decision. You got to make your own decisions. You just can't live off of who you think. Oh, well, well I think this one. I saw a Stephen Furtick preaching and I believe what well, he's. Okay, it's fine. You can believe in. Well, do you believe in the word of God though? We go online and, 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 and Google our messages. Oh, because this pat, Billy Graham's preaches message. Praise God for Billy Graham. But praise God for when he speaks to you directly. Praise God when he speaks to you, you know what? You need, you know, a touch of God. You know, yeah, well, well, there, there's this lady that, that, a story that, that I, that I read the other day on, on, I think it was on Facebook somewhere. I don't know if you know that app, but I have Facebook. But, um, this lady uh, says that she saw Stephen Furtick at the airport. He said, hey, Pastor Steve. He said, hey, how you doing? He says, do I know you? He said, like, yeah, I went to your, ch- I go to your church. It's so big that you don't even know each other. Whenever it's a big gathering, it's easy to get lost in the crowd. God wants to be a personal God. Amen. He's a personal God. And whenever he, he puts us in situations where he's like, what are you going to do? And the title of my message today this morning is, when you can't see God. 
when you can't see God. You know, for, for like I said right now, many times I was thinking about, oh my, I wish I could call my dad right now. He could just pick up that phone and say, dad, can you pray for me? Dad, can you, can you be there for me? Can, can, son, everything's going to be all right. Just hearing those words brought so much comfort to my mind and, and to my heart and to my spirit. But life must go on. We must continue going. We must continue fighting church. And, and many times, how many know that story of Jesus whenever he, he, he was uh, feeding the 5,000? Everybody knows this story, right? Everybody, everybody knows that, that, all right, all right, guys, let's get together here. Let's, let's, let's do something. Yeah, well, everybody's hungry, Lord. What are we going to do? Like, we're going to feed the, we're going to feed the people. It's 5,000 plus Jesus that we're talking about. Yeah, we're going to feed them. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pray for the food and you're going to feed them. I'm going to pray for the food. That's why he's, Lord, multiply. Have you heard those prayers? Lord, multiply this food. There's more people coming over. God, multiply. Just put more water in, in, the, in you know, in the beans. You know, make it, make it stretch a little bit. You know, but the frijoles, you know. Echale agua. Echale agua los frijoles. You know, and I mean, so-and-so is coming. Oh, they have like four kids. What Jesus was doing, he was preparing their hearts for what they were going to do in the future. He was preparing their faith. You must go through the hardship to get your breakthrough. Amen. You want breakthroughs? Uh, you're in the position you need to be in. You're broken. That's a good place to be in because that's where you get your breakthrough. That's when you start worshiping God more. I said, God, no, I'm having a hard time. Who doesn't have a hard time? But in your hard times is when you get your breakthrough. In your hard times when you worship harder is when you give God your praise harder. Lord, I'm going to worship you no matter what comes my way. I'm going to give you my best because you deserve it. It's not about what I've done. It's not about what I can do. It's what you can do and what you've done. And we begin to see this. We begin to see the disciples like, Jesus, are you crazy? Are we going to feed, really feed the 5,000? We only got five loaves and two breads. I'm sorry, five, yes, five, five breads, five loaves and two fish. That, that adds up to seven. It's 12 disciples. If we give a piece of bread to each disciple, five are going to be left out, plus Jesus. What do we do? He says, sit everybody down, prepare them for the blessing. Sit them down. Put them in, 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 in groups of 50. Everybody, all right, guys, ready? All right. Lord, in my name, I pray. The disciples are like, is he really? And I, no, I might not have much, but you're the, you're the multiplier. You're the one that gives. Lord, bless this food. Bless, and in my name I pray, amen. And, all right, brother, come, all right, get the bread. All right, brother, get a piece, please. Uh, oh, please get a little bit more. We got 4,999 4, more to feed, so please, I know you eat a lot, brother, but please, no, no, save some for the rest. Get a piece, and, and they start going, and they start, they start going, and woo, everything looks good. They have leftover. They have everything. Like, wow, everybody, everybody wants some more. We got leftovers. You hear that in conference, right? Hey, we got leftovers. You know, more people, you know, they want more bread. They start eating. But then, Jesus 
Please, guys, this is when I talk about when you got, when you believe. It's not what you got in your hands. It's not what you got. It's the one who you put your hands in. It's not the one. It's not, oh, I only got $3 in my pocket. That's okay, God. I can multiply it, but you got to believe me first. You got to trust me first. They saw a big miracle, huge miracle. They begin to, to glorify. Wow. That, that's, and then they start taking selfies, you know. Oh, look, 5,000 baby, 5,000 plus, you know. Oh, here, look, boom. And they start taking pictures. Selfies and, and everything looked nice. And then he sets them up. Some guys, I got to get pressed. I got to go back to the oil. I got to go get my oil because I, I poured everything out to these 5,000 people. I got to go get my oil back. What are you going to do? Well, you just go over to the, to the other side you know, of the lake and I'm going to go out and pray. He still had time to pray. No matter how hard or how big his day was or how tiring it was, he still had put a set of time to pray. While you are out there celebrating, while you're out there, wow, what a powerful time. You know what great things God did. You know, there's people who prepare for the next. It's good to celebrate, don't get me wrong. But right around the corner, the devil's waiting for you. Right around that, that situation, oh, oh, you got victory? Oh, let me see if he still got victory after this. Let me see if he still got it. Hours later, he sends him over. Tells him, go. So we go to Matthew 14, 22 to 33, if we, if we got it up there. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he, he still dismissed the crowd. Dismissing this church is easy, right, Pastor? 5,000? God bless you, brother. See you in the next miracle healing session. You know, we'll see you guys next time. Well, all right, we'll see you in, in, you know, in, in whatever place we're going to be. All right, we'll, we'll see you guys. God bless you guys. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. I'll stop right there for a second. So we got the issue. We gave, they, they fed the 5,000. He tell he's who sent them on this boat? Who's who sent them? Jesus. Who did? Jesus. So we know Jesus is the one that put them in this position, right? Situation. Okay, so we're 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 understanding. It wasn't oh I'm, while you go pray, we're gonna go to the boat. He told him, No, you guys go on the boat. I'm giving you this this command, you go on this boat and I'll, I'll be there, I'll, I'll meet up with you guys. I'll catch up to you guys. So Jesus knew what was going to happen, what was going on. Sometimes you ask yourself, church, I don't know if you can relate with this. You ask yourself, why am I in this position? Why do I find myself lost, confused? 
Why am I here? Why am I getting hit by the waves? Why is my boat getting hit? I'm about to drown and you can't, God, you can't rescue me? You can't help me? Where are you, Jesus? Where are you? Can you help me, please? Why am I in this situation? Why am I in this position? I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be always blessed. I'm supposed to be always, you know, giving. I'm supposed to be this person, you know, with, with everything in their pockets. Because I'm highly favored. I'm your child. I should, I should, I should, I should, I should. Somebody gets caught by the cops. And hey, you, you were speeding. Yeah, I'm a child of God. Can you give me a, a warning? Because you're a child of God, you should be, you should be obeying the laws. I'm going to give you a double ticket. Hey, officer, yeah, third time you stopped me today. Well, but praise God. You know, I'm a, I'm a son of God. I'm going to go to court. I'm going to ask the judge to drop it because I'm a son of God. You know, the judge can tell you because you. <laughs> we put ourselves in positions many times. But when God puts you in the position when you don't want to be in, where you don't feel like being in, where you don't want to be in, that's when we start complaining. That's when we start saying, why? Why did my dad die? Why did so-and-so die? Why is so-and-so person, you know, why? The, the why start coming out. And the Lord says, the day you stop asking why, is the day I can start making your miracle happen. The whys, the whys, the why, why, Lord, why this, why that? Can I be honest with you guys this morning? Can I open my heart to you this morning? Please, please. I'm led by the Spirit to do this. Don't, don't feel sorry for us, okay? Please, don't, don't. This isn't a pity trip, okay? This is not, oh, for Pastor Danny, look. Just listen to me. Just hear me out for a second. In August 2022, we lost our house. The June, I'm sorry, June, we lost, we lost our house in June. In August, I lose my job. October, I get a torn Achilles tendon. Right after the conference, I believe, is, is when, when, it, when it happened. My, my Achilles tore, we were playing kickball after church. You know, I run the first and just pop. I'm still in the recovery process. It might not look like it, but I'm still about another three more months to go. I could have easily said, Lord, why? Lord, why? Why am I? I go and preach. I do your will. I see. I see. And easily, easily we can get caught up into that situation where you're like, you can, you can easily get caught up and say, well, if I'm serving, why am I not? Why am I going through this? The disciples were in this boat. And they're saying, why did we get sent here? You know why? He probably sent them on the boat because knew, he knew they couldn't pray for an hour with them. I'd rather say, I want intimacy with God because you guys don't want it. I, I want it. You just go out and I'll, I'll, I'll show myself off in a bit. But I, got, I, need, I need to commune with my God, with my, with my Lord right now. I got to get filled. I got to get pressed. Again. I got to get, get that oil back in my life. March 2023, 
March, what is it? What's today? The 11th? 12th? Still don't have a house? Still don't have a job? And my Achilles is getting better. Praise God. God could easily give me a house if he wants it. God could easily give me that job that I'm looking for if he wants it. But you know what he wants? And he's been dealing with me through all this time. He wants my heart. Son, he's been, and he's been dealing with my character a lot. You know, a lot of, you know, it, but you don't get what you want sometimes. Like, and then worship comes, here I am to work. But your heart is like, Oh, I know it doesn't happen. It just happens to me. It happens in Tucson, but Vegas is another state, you know, so we're good. You know, we're safe, right? We're safe, but <laughs> not here in Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's what I heard, you know, so. Um... But if you're honest with yourself and with God, what he really wants is your heart. What he really wants is your heart. Because he can easily bless you, but he knows that as soon as he blesses you, you're out the door. If you bless, man, you're out the, man, thank you, Pastor Art, thank you for, you know, thanks for praying for me, for being there at two in the morning, praying for me over my life, and and I'll see you later. Yeah, later, bye-bye. And then another storm hits, and Pastor, I'm here again. Pastor, can you pray for me again? I'm going through that storm, and I'm going through that. What the Lord is asking for is consistency. He just doesn't want you to worship when everything is going well. Because your worship is not really worship when everything's going well. I can tell you because I'm a worshiper. I, I, play at, I play at church. I worship at church. Your real worship comes when you're broken. When you don't know what else to do. When you're like, Lord, <laughs> it's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. It's not about how I feel. It's not about how I uh, tend to make things happen. It's about how you are and how, what, how you deserve the glory. Because if there was anybody who taught us consistently, it was Jesus. Because he was there. He says, if, if, if I can, I, I might not have to uh, uh, die this way. Maybe I can die another way. Maybe I don't have to die like a cruel death. I might die just another way. And God was there like, this is the way you have to die. This is the way the process goes. It's going to hurt. But it's also going to heal other people. It's going to hurt you. What hurts you is going to heal somebody else. Listen, what hurts you is going to heal. Sister, God gave me a word for you this morning. And he tells me, I'm not done with you yet. There's, there's been a time in your life where you're, you felt like, I think my season's over. I'm, I'm confused. I'm lost. I don't know what to do. There's many attacks on your mind. There's been attacks on your mind. You're thinking, just let go. Just, just leave. Just leave. But God says, it's not the end of your season. It's the beginning of it. A new season is coming for your life. But you just got to surrender to God. Praise him even harder. 
Praise of Amen stronger. Let the let the devil see your smile through your pain. Let the devil, you know, the devil, I, you, you think you got me down, but I'm not out. You, you smile in his face. You tell him, this is what you're going to see in my storm and after my storm. You're going to see my smile. You're going to see me push through. And I'm going to bring out a seat so you can see me sit down and devil and watch me go through my storm and watch me see my victory. The Lord says, I'm fighting your battles. I'm fighting for you. There's some, there's some battles you, you're fighting on your own. But you got to give them to God. We think we know what, what, what to do. But sometimes it says, just give it to me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of it. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. And God says, I have your back. There's people who rejected you. Who pushed you aside. Who said, you're not worth anything. But God says, I'm everything to you. And if you have me, you have everything. And God says, I'm not done. I'm going to restore the loss. And I'm going to give you even more of what you lost. Because I am God. I want your heart. All I want is your heart. All I want is your pure heart. Not the altered heart. I don't want an altered heart. I want a pure heart. When you're broken, let him know it's broken. Whenever you're confused, let him know you're confused. He wants that pure heart so because he, he knows how to restore it. He knows that where every piece goes. And all he wants is your heart. Just give it to him the way it is. And he's the restorer. Amen? Amen. God is good. Amen. So... So we know that Jesus many times puts us in those situations of hurt. How am I going to put it? He wants to know what we're about. How we're going to handle pressure. How we're going to handle And if you ask me how I handle pressure, I probably failed more than what I've, what I've actually done. Times we're like, Lord, I don't know what else to do. Says, yes, you know, just give me your heart. Just give me, just come back. Come back to square one again. Just begin to worship. Just begin to give me your praise again. Because it's easy to not praise him when you have that storm in your mind. It's easy to not lift your hands when you see that storm in your life. When you're going through that hard situation when you're like, I don't know. And there's a little whisper. The devil is very, very crafty. He doesn't force you to do anything. It's your decision. But he knows your weakness. And he knows what to throw at you. If you, come, if you, bring, if you throw beer at me, you throw a, a, a weed. I never grew up with that. It's easy to say no. I never grew up with, with just, oh yeah, give me a, give me a blood, man. I'm, I'm ready to get high. Because you know? I, I, I never grew up with that. You know, I grew in. I grew up in the church. Because you grew up in a chicken chicken hand doesn't make you a chicken, right? Right? I can say that again, right? Just because you grew up in a chicken hand doesn't make you a chicken. Just because you grew up in church doesn't make you a Christian. It's your decisions that get you to be a Christian. 
You know, my decisions for so many years were, were so bad, and my dad being a pastor, you know, I, I, I ended up going almost 15 years in jail. 15 years while he was the pastor, while he was serving God, he was taking people you know, to heaven, I'm taking people to hell. 15 years. On my judgment day, I was already saying goodbye to everybody. Judgment day, the prosecution comes in and says, Danny, we don't know why we're doing this, but we're going to drop all your charges. But those four days that I was in this prison cell, I said, Lord, I'm done running. I'm done playing games. I'm done. If you take me out of here, I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. But if you don't, I'll raise a church from inside the jail, but I'm done running. I just want to serve you now. Ten years later, here we are in Las Vegas preaching the word of God. Ten years later, God has been good. God has been good. I have a beautiful wife, you know, beautiful two daughters, you know, and it seems like it's three with little grace. It seems like it's three, you know, two and one. Man, she's almost like the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three and one. Like, man, it's like this girl, I mean, but she's such a great blessing, man. She's a, she's a, a daughter that we prayed for that my wife couldn't have any more kids after Sophie. We lost two. She had two miscarriages. The doctor says, you can't even have more kids. Don't even try. Baby won't be able to develop in your womb. One day she says, Lord, you promised me more children. I'm going to fight like Jacob fought the angel. I'm going to fight for my blessing. And during COVID season, she got, you know, impregnated. It wasn't by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> and what God gave her was grace, which is, which is our baby's little name, baby grace. We got grace. We got blessed. But we had to go through that brokenness first. We had to go through that hard time first. You're waiting for your breakthrough. It's coming. But you got to be consistent. Don't let your emotions drive you. Because if your emotions drive you, they're not going to take you anywhere good. We can't be emotional Christians. Verse 25, shortly before Jesus went out to them, walking on the, on the lake, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. And they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But he didn't get to Jesus. Some people start the walk, but they don't get to Jesus. You can start getting out. You can just take the steps like Peter did. I'm so close to my victory, but at the way, at the same time, it seems so far because these, these waves are hitting and coming and, and man, I'm a step, two steps away from my victory, but the devil always knows where your victory is at. So he's gonna, I was gonna try to stop you to get to your victory. He always know, he knows. Once somebody gives you a word and he's, you know, it's declared, he can't read your mind. Let me, listen, the devil can't read your mind. He can't. He's not omnipotent. 
But once you declare something, it's okay, it's on. It's war now. Okay? So that's why, that's why people stop praying, because if I pray, the devil knows what I'm praying about. He's going to attack me. Well, go for it. Great is he who is in me who is in the world. Greater is he who is in me than who is in the world. Say that to your neighbor. Greater is he who is in me than he was in the world. Say it loud. So he stepped out of the boat. He got out. He started walking. Come. The first part was the hard part, getting out. Start walking. But then the wind came. The wind started hitting. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Sometimes it boggles my mind. You know, it's like Jesus was there with him. Don't you think he was going to help him? So if you know Jesus is with you and you see the winds, don't you think he's going to help you? If you really believe Jesus is with you, don't you think he's going to help you? He was right there with him. And he was still afraid. You know what? Some people talk about, oh, well, church is the closest thing to home, the, the building. And, and, and it's to a certain point it is. But Lucifer was in heaven and that was the holiest place and he still got rebellion in there. So you think it can't exist here in the church? I don't know why I'm going off on this subject all of a sudden, but wow. Rebellion. If it happened in heaven, the holiest place, you think it can't happen here? Yeah, well, the pastor gave Brandon the position I was waiting for. Oh, of course, he's the pastor's son. Of course, he's going to get it. Yeah, bro, but Maybe he was checking your heart to see where you're at. That's the reason why he didn't put you where you're at, because you're already complaining about it. He knew who he wasn't going to put you in that position because, oh, look at me, man. You know, like those, remember those nights when the, we step on that in the air night in the Reeboks? You psst. Remember those back in the day, you know, like, oh, they se me poncharon los tenis. <laughs> you went from 5'4 to 5'1, you know. <laughs> but it happens, and the church can get hit by one person who doesn't like how the pastor's doing things. I'm going to look for another church. Go ahead. But until you don't change that rebellion in your heart, that church, wherever you're at, it's going to be the same issue. Wherever you go, it's going to be the same problem. The Lord is asking for consistency. Be consistent. You want to cross over? You got to be consistent. You want to go over to the, to the other side? You got to be consistent. Peter Needed to be consistent to get to this side where Jesus was. But he saw the wind. He saw the storms. And he was afraid. And even then, he said, ah, come on, Peter. Come on, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. No, 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 no. He let him fall. He let him go down. 
Let's continue reading. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. But couldn't God have done that before I went into this situation? I started to pick them up. All right, the wind is done. Lord, but you could have done that before you saw my situation. Before I wasn't this. Why didn't you do it before? Because I'm testing where you're at. You, a you of little faith. Why didn't you believe? The one, the same one who told you to come out of the boat is the same one who's telling you why didn't you believe? If I called you out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you ready. If I called you out, I'm the one who's always gonna do the miracle. If I called you out, that means that I want to do something in your life. But, but many times we're like, no, Lord, no, it's my way or, or the highway. All right, go ahead, do it, try it. I'm sorry, Pastor. And here we come again with our, our tail dragging, you know, into the church. Why, why, why? Then those who were in the boat, looking from afar, worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. But there's always that one. There's always that one that sticks out. I'll go. That's Jesus. I'll walk out of the boat. But the other ones that were in the boat like, Amen, we worship you, Jesus. They learned they learned. And then there's a point where God tells you, now it's time for you to step out of the boat. Oh, I also forgot to mention that. Well, why does Pastor Victor also get to be a pastor? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, right? I don't know. Start on the blue. Like, why is he a pastor? Because God wants to form you the way he wants to form him, and he wants to form Pastor Brandon, too. He's forming each other. We're, that's how we, iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Tell your neighbor, God is good and never makes mistakes. Tell him again, God is good and never makes mistakes. The reason why I'm saying this is there's this story of a young person. He was a, a servant in the kingdom. And this king, this king uh, had his little, you know, go, gopher, go for this, go for that. His little gopher. I said, "Come, we're gonna come." Where, where, where do you? Where do you? I work for. I work as a gopher. What for the king? Oh, the gopher. Okay, cool. Go for this. Go for that. So, but every morning he would wake up and says, "My king, God is good, and He never makes mistakes." But that sounds good, right? But hearing it. Every day, all day, got to the king, you know, like, shut up already, dude. Like, calm down, shut up. I know he's good, but, but shut up. My king, good morning, God is good, he never makes mistakes. Just so happy, so outgoing and very, you know, lovable. But this king, like, God, oh, man, shut up, man. Shut up every day, you know, for six months, a year. Oh, oh. So one day they go, they go hunting. And they're, they're out hunting for bears and... And they're all right, you go over here, shh, be quiet, be quiet, you go over here, and you go over here, all right, shh. 
Boom, before you know it, this bear attacks the king. <laughs> Get him off of me, please, hey. No, my king, don't worry, God is good, never makes mistakes. Boom, boom, he starts helping him. And he's all good, we're jumping and yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally gets rid of him. He, the bear runs, Kashoo. My king, God is good, you didn't die. You didn't die, yes, praise God. God is good, shut up. I lost a finger. <laughs> If God was good, he wouldn't let me lost, lose my finger. Oh, he was living. He was mad. Oh, you know what? As soon as we get back, I'm going to put you in the dungeon. You're going there for a few months. Hey, Amen. God is good. Never makes mistakes. <laughs> like, what's up with this guy, man? And he gets him in. Guards, get him in there. <sighs> then he gets in a little. What do you got to say now? God is good. Never makes mistakes. So he walks off, and every day in the morning he wake up, he's praying, and he see the king walk by the court, court God, my king, God is good, never makes mistakes. Time goes by, and the king, every day, this guy, God is good, never makes mistakes, God is good, never makes mistakes. So this, the king goes out hunting again. This time he goes by himself. He had nobody to go with him. So he's there, and and he's all like, all right, we're going to get this bear. This guy tried to kill me. And he's out there and boom, some of the Indians capture him. Like, what Indians? Like, well, yeah, come on, let's go. You know, they're, all, they're carrying, get off of me, get off of me. They capture him. Yeah, they, it went from bear to Indian. Like, whoa. And so they take him up. They, they, they get the altar, they tie him up and everything. The chief comes out and, and he's looking at up and down. He's like, he just got the wrong person. They're like, what? He just told us to get somebody and bring him. Yeah, but this guy's missing a finger. We can't sacrifice to our gods with somebody missing a finger. If he's going to get, our gods are going to get something. They got to be complete. So let him go and go get somebody else. So the king is all happy. Oh, I, I guess God is good and never makes mistakes, right? And he's running and he goes straight to the, to the servant, to, to the gopher. He opens up. Don't you know what just happened? Like, my king, before you say anything, God is good and never makes mistakes. Good, so good to see you. He hugs him and the king's like, dude, just get off of me, man. And he finally sits down, all right, look, I just got captured by some Indians and I just got, you know, but if God was so good, listen to this, if God was so good, why did he let me put you in that dungeon and you suffer, only get food once a day when you were eating three times a day with me, one time a day, he said, my king, what you don't understand is, first of all, he was showing you how good he is by letting you go. By him letting the chief seeing that you're missing a finger. And that way he let you go. Number two, he says, he permitted you, he let you put me in this dungeon. Because if I would have been with you, I'm complete. And they would have sacrificed me. But since God is good, he didn't put me in a bad place. He just... Put me aside for a moment so he can teach you how good God is 
And it can teach you how good God is that he protects me even when it looks bad. Even when the situation looks bad, he protects. Even whenever you don't see the way he sees it, he's there protecting you. He put you aside for a purpose. Because if I would have been with you, I would have died and you would have let go, be let go. So my king, can you repeat with me? God is good and never makes mistakes. So with that being said, you might have lost something in life. You might have lost somebody, something. You might have lost your husband. Maybe he left. Maybe your wife left. I don't know what, what you lost. But if he has you here to this day, that means that he protected you from being something worse. You can take the pain because he's the one that he's a pain remover. If he can give you that pain, he can take it away too. If he can make you feel that pain, he can remove it as well. But if he's good, that's the reason why you're here today. You didn't die. You didn't get captured. The only thing that God did was put you aside. I want to show him who I am. I want to show him why he says that he's good. He never makes mistakes. God didn't make a mistake by removing those things in your life. God doesn't make mistakes that way. He does it for a purpose. He does it for a reason. To teach us how to rely completely on him. How to rely completely on him. You see, when we can't see God, our, our circumstance gets bigger. When we can't see God, our circumstance becomes huge. Our circumstance begins to, begins to take place of God's worship. The time of worship is, our, is when we start thinking about our circumstance. Some people stay working overtime so they won't go home and, and go deal with their wives. Hey, I'll stay the extra hours to, heck, so, to go see this bruja. Heck no. Oh, oh no, I'll work in my heck. I don't care if they take, they tax me left and right. I, I, I'll, I'll work. I'll, I'll take that hit. When God really wants you to go home and be the man of God that you should be. And love her even though she doesn't deserve to be loved. Care for her even though she doesn't deserve to be cared for. Be with her no matter what. Brother, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something real quick, brother. You can write it down. You can whatever you want to do with this. So don't question your wife's decisions because you're one of them. can put on a shirt if you want. That was good. That was God, sister. That was good. Don't question your wife's decisions because you're one of them. So sisters are all bright. Why did I marry you? What, what was I thinking? You were in lust, not in love, brother. 
The lights are on, but nobody's home. You know, this is, hello, brother, are you there? Genesis twenty-two. I don't. I don't have it on on the on the scriptures, but it's. I just want to elaborate on on Abraham and and Isaac for a second. How many remember that story of Abraham and Isaac? You guys know, it took Abraham years to have his own generation. It took him years to have what he wanted, but one thing he did have was consistency. He obeyed God even when he didn't have his son. When he got his son, the word of God says in Genesis 22 that he loved him so much. He loved his son. I'm, how many people have children? You know, we love our children. We, man, we give everything for them. Man, but Abraham waited. And when he waited, man, he was a cheap belong. Abraham, you know, Isaac, you know, oh, mijo, here, take this. I want the, uh, the, I want the PlayStation 5. Here you go, mijo, I'll give you the 6 before it comes out, you know, I'll pre-order it, you know, and, and sh I'll give you the iPhone 17. Dad, we're on 14, I'll give you the 20 if you want it, you know, don't, don't keep on talking, I'll give you 21, you know, and, and he just had him there. He just had him there. Loved him, that's not a bad thing. But there's something that Abraham started lacking was his communication with his father. He had what he wanted. He obeyed. He went to church. He did everything he needed to do. But that connection with the father wasn't there anymore. It wasn't, he wasn't clicking anymore. Yeah, he loved him. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he gave him 75 years for the promise to come another 25 years for it to happen 100 years wow we, we, we wait 10 days Lord, where are you at I've been waiting you know for a house you know I'm waiting for this I'm waiting for that I just wait a little bit longer just wait and so he said Abraham I need you to get your son I want you to sacrifice him can you imagine that moment for a second? Give me your son. Not just, not just, you know, stab him and kill him, but he said, give him it as a burning. You're going to see, you're going to see that sacrifice burn in front of my eyes. Holocaust. Give me your son completely. Give him to me everything. And so he says, Lord, if you're speaking, I will do. Here am I. Your servant is listening. And so he, he makes a parallel in the New Testament. He's, he gets the wood, chops it up, and he has his son carry it. Kind of like Jesus when he carried the cross. Here. And you know one of the things that he couldn't see God? But he knew who God was. We're talking about when we can't see God. He couldn't see him, but he knew who he was. There's a difference. I can't see you, God, but I trust you. I can't see you, but I, you're going to push me through this. I, no matter what happens, even if you ask for my son, for my daughter, I, I'm going to trust you. And one of the things that caught my attention from the scripture, he told his servants, wait right here. 
He says, well, we go up on that mountain and we complain to God why he's doing this. Is that what it said? Is that my, my version says different. Does yours say different? It says we're going to go on that mountain and we're going to worship. No matter what I'm feeling, no matter how I'm feeling Sunday morning, I'm not going to go to church depending how I feel. He says, wait right here as me and my son go and worship on that mountain. He set an altar. He prepared an altar of worship, of praise, in spite of him asking for what he loved the most. We all know the rest of the story. We all know what happens. He tied him up. He had him there. He's about to do it. And I know what you're about. I got your attention back. Because if I can ask you for what you love the most, and you're willing to give it to me, I'm willing to give you your generations to come. He says, because you obeyed me, your generations will have their feet at the gates of their enemies. In other words, your decisions prepare the way for your upcoming generations. What you're deciding today, what you're doing today, if you're either obeying or disobeying, well, I can't see God. Well, nobody can see him. What you're doing now is either obeying or you're disobeying. It doesn't, it, it doesn't get gray. It's either black or you're white. It's either black or white. Are you deciding? What are you deciding for your generations? Do you have them in church praying with you when you're here? Do you have them or, or oh, get the tablets? You be, be quiet while I pray. What are they doing while you're praying, while you're worshiping? Do they see you worship? Because Isaac did what his dad did. He says they worshiped. They gave God no matter how I'm feeling. Dad, where are we going? We got the wood, but where's the sacrifice? Can you imagine that for a second? Put that in your, put that in your brain and, 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 and think about it for a second. Can, can you, hey, Dad, where are we going? Oh, God's going to provide, son. Can, can you tell me? I mean, I'm carrying the wood, but where's the sacrifice? Son, if you only knew. If he only knew, but I'm going to worship God no matter what. I'm going to praise God no matter what. Church, listen, your, your children need to see God in you through your situation, not your situation through you. It's a difference. They, they got to see God through you. No, no matter how I look, I'm going to wake up. Hey, good morning, babe. How you doing? You know, are we blessed? Yeah, but inside you're fighting that battle with the devil. Mm, I'm going to fight you. No, no doubts coming in my mind. You know, you're, babe, you have a beautiful and blessed day. God bless you. You know, may God go with you. You know, may you fight, you know, uh, you know, with, 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 you know, with, with the victory and you go and, and while you're fighting, your children don't need to see that. You had a bad day at work. Your children don't need to feel that. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to finish, you know, my, everything I needed to do. And, and I'm like, get out of here, you, ah, oh, you're mocoso, you got, you know. <laughs> I fall short many times. One time I, I, I got at my daughter and said, Sophie, this, and then, and she says, let's, 
man, right there, the Holy Spirit convicted me so hard. He says, man, what are you showing her? What are you showing her? Because when you're going through it, she's going to go through it too? Nuh-uh. Because when she grows up, she's going to do the same thing that I did. I told her, babe, I'm sorry. You know, I, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, she says, oh, dad, I'm always going to forgive you. I'm like, wow. That broke my heart. I'm always going to, I love you, dad. I'm always going to forgive you. When we're going through that storm, our children need to see the God of the storm, not the storm. They need to see the protection that you're doing. The, you, the storm can hit you, but it's not going to hit them. I'm going to protect. Yeah, I'm going to get wet. I'm going to get hit. The winds are going to try. Not, I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to No, 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 no. You're not going to get hit over. No, no. It's, it's, you're all right. You're all right. You're good. I'll take the hit. But no, don't let them. Don't let the storm hit them. Because if you do, you're going to be scrambling for yourself and for your child. Because child, your, your child is a lot less weaker than what you are. That boat could be moving and easily can get tipped over and you can, oh, now, Lord, help me. And now it's two. Now it's, you're fighting for your life and you're fighting for your child's life as well. But when you know how to fight, protecting, and you know who your God is, you see him show up every day, even though you can't see him. I'm about to finish. Everybody say amen, right? That's my, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't say it. I said, I'm about to finish my introduction. Um, I got a little, I'm just kidding. God is good and never makes mistakes, guys. Yep, you're up for a three-hour sermon. Um, listen to this story. I remember one winter. My dad needed firewood, and he found a dead tree and sawed it down. In the spring, to his dismay, new shoots sprouted around the trunk. He said, I thought this, dead, this tree was dead. The leaves had all dropped into the wintertime. It was cold. That twig snapped as if there were no life left in the old tree. But now I see that there was still life at the taproot. He looked at me and said, Bob, don't forget this important lesson. Never cut a tree down in the wintertime. Never make a negative decision in the low time. Never make your most important decisions when you are in your worst mood. Wait. Be patient. The storm will pass and spring will come up the storm is gonna pass storms are forever god is forever storms are just sent to our way to kind of try to dismantle us try to swerve us away but god is good never makes mistakes never make your most important decisions when you are in your worst mood. I was talking to a friend of mine. And he was telling me, you know what? I'm, I'm about to divorce. 
I'm like, bro, you've been together for 24 years. And they're like, yeah, but I'm tired. This is okay. And says, I've been recently been working with one of the pastors at church, Pastor Jeff Hapner. You guys, you know Pastor Jeff. And he does landscaping. So just recently, Tucson got hit with snow. Like, Tucson with snow. Like, yeah, Tucson. Not in the mountain, in the city. Like, we were actually throwing snowballs at each other, you know. And, and um, I mean, it was crazy. Like, Tucson, really? Right, Carter? You live in Tucson? Goyo? When, did it, when did it snow? Very rare. I mean, very rare. But it snowed. And we were, they were calling for the, our tree. The trees broke because of the weight of the snow. And I told him, I said, bro, listen to this. I told him, listen to this. I said, how, how heavy is the snow? Whenever it falls on you, it it's, doesn't weigh a thing. The snow doesn't have weight. But whenever it accumulates, it's going to break you. And we're repairing a lot of these, these trees that were broken, the limbs, you know, some of them were split in half. And like, the snow did this? Like, what? I would expect the wind and the rain, not the snow. The snow doesn't weigh, but whenever you don't start cleaning those things out of your mind, the little things are the ones that are going to start weighing. Small thing, the small weight is, ah, that's all right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Before you know it, there's 10 inches of snow. But it all started with so small. No way whatsoever. That's how the devil is. He's not going to get you that the first time. He's going to take time to knock you down. So what's in your heart? What's in your heart that's, that's trying to break you? You might feel the storms already. Man, all the weight I'm about to break. What are you feeling, church? Do you really want to cross over? Or do you just want to watch from afar like those 50 prophets that saw Elijah and Elisha? There was some who were, yeah, they were scholars. They knew their word. Man, they knew how to prophesy. But only one wanted that connection with his pastor. Only one wanted, pastor, how are you feeling today? I know you always pray for me, but can I pray for you, pastor? Can I pray for you, pastors? It's a difference. When you know the pastor's bad things he does, like like you said, he talks too much, like he says things that he shouldn't say. Okay, oh yeah, well you can say, well that's a bad pastor, but do you know his weakness? Do you know whatever he really needs? You can say, oh yeah, well pastor said this today, he doesn't, everybody get out, nobody's worth anything, whatever he said, right? I'm, I'm already saying things that he didn't say. Now it's even worse, now everybody's just going to step out of the church right now, right? Like, we're going to deities, pastor. I got you. But... Yeah, you know, oh, the pastor always says these things. Oh, man. Yeah, but do you know how to bless? When pastors are going to conference, we're all going to conference. I think our church service is going to be canceled Wednesday because nobody's going to be there. From Praise Chapel, Tucson. I'm not comparing. Don't, I'm not comparing. I know there's people who got to work. I mean, got to do their thing. Yeah. But his heart is for you to be where he's at. To get to the level where he's at. Because he gets hit. They get hit. They get knocked down, but they don't get knocked out. It's a difference. It's a difference. And when you know your pastor's heart 
Elisha says, I want, a, I want the double portion that he has. I want the double of what he has. I want to do greater things, you know. I want, I want what he has. You know that Elijah, Elijah at one point wanted to die? He, des he desired to die. He desired to, he went from killing 450 prophets of Baal to wanting to take his life. I'm the only prophet left. And he went to a depressive spirit. I don't want to do anything anymore. There's one woman who spoke what 450 couldn't speak into him. 450 men. Oh, our God is bigger. <laughs> he started laughing at them. There's one woman that said Jezebel. You know that name, right? Jezebel? Oh, you, you, yeah. Jezebel tries to roam around the church sometimes. Yes, she does. And Jezebel can sometimes be a man. Jezebelo. <laughs> and she says, if I don't have this guy's, I want this guy's head by 12 noon tomorrow. He ran for his life. Lord, the same God that had done miracles a few hours before. It's the same God who was with Peter when he was feeding 5,000 and the one he was in that storm. The same God that helped him defeat these 450 men was the same God that was with him, but he was running. Depressed. Feeling like he was the only Coca-Cola left in the desert. You ever feel that way sometimes? Church wouldn't be there. If I wouldn't be there. If I leave, you know, I leave with my whole family of 20. Finance is going to go down. There's not going to be revival. But that's where, bro, you can leave, and God's going to bring people after that, you know? Hallelujah. You gotta, you gotta be careful. You gotta, you gotta be careful. How you, how you deal with the great depression? Because at the end, well, he, well, he desired to die. To die. He never did die. As the Lord, As the Lord says, there's still a, a long way ahead. You got ahead of you. I'm telling him, you're not gonna die. You're gonna be all right. You're gonna be good. And after that. He was able to anoint the prophet. And there were 7,000 people. 7,000 people. And they didn't bow down to the bells. Who were waiting for him. One decision can bring revival. And you don't have to go to Asbury to experience it. Everybody wants the Asbury revival, but they don't want to worship. You want revival? Revive yourself first. Go to that secret place. God, I need you. Revive my spirit. Revive my, you know, take this, take this doubt from my mind. Revive my spirit. Revive my mind. And then I'll be able to revive somebody else. Revival starts with you, not with somebody else. Revival start with you. You know those people when you go out into the streets and preach. Go do it consistently. Go out to the outreaches, like Pastor Brandon was saying. You know, let's go out. Thank you for coming out. But you know what? It's it's a privilege to serve. 
Not to be served. It's a privilege to serve. It's a privilege to see somebody walking into the streets from the streets. Hey, you know what? God bless you. Can I give you a glass of water? You know how many times people are waiting for a glass of water? And you just offer them water. Like, that's not really needed. Like, bro, that's been, I've been waiting water for two days. Like, really? And we take water for granted. We leave the water bottles under the chairs. I know it happens in Tucson. I don't know about here, but it happened you know, under the chairs, the water bottles, the other go the ushers and... Pastor Joe, and all of a sudden you see me or somebody else getting the water bottles. <laughs> and there's people who need water. And we, and we take advantage of that, what we have. We need the living water in our spirits. You know, God brought you today to tell you that he sees your brokenness. He sees your broken. He sees that you don't know what to do. You're like, I'm done. I don't know what else to do. There's so many things coming. You feel like that, that tree with that snow on that on the branches. You do so many things. I see you as doing, you, have put, you put different hats on. I'm this and that. And so you have a lot of branches on you. But those branches start getting weight on them. And you're at that point where you're about to break. I don't know what to do. And God brought you to remove all that weight from your heart this morning. He didn't bring you to tell you, oh, you're a bad person, you've done this. He doesn't, he doesn't remember what you did. He knows where you're at. And he wants to restore you. He wants to pick you up. He wants to give you that breath of fresh air again where you can wake up and say, you suffer insomnia. Sometimes you don't sleep. So you think so much. Nobody told me. This is God telling me. Okay, this, this is all God. This is all God, all right? It's, the pastor, didn't, the pastor doesn't know you. Do you know this? I know. Do you know, do, do you know Pastor Art? But I know you know I'm just letting you know. This, this is a word from God. I'm getting deposited into my mind right now. And what he says is that he's ready to put all behind when you're ready to give it all in. He's ready when you're ready. That's what he's telling you. He's ready when you're ready. He's a gentleman and he'll wait. So I'll wait. I'll wait when you're, when you're ready to give me everything and trust me. That's when I'm going to start working. But people, there's been people praying for you. I brought you to this point. Like Pastor was saying right now, there's people praying for you. You're here because somebody prayed for you. And that prayer is bringing results. going to give fruit. And the fruit starts today. The, 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 the seed is planted today. And, you're gonna, and since you're a branch, there's a new tree growing in new soil. And you're going to start giving fruit where people can actually eat off of. That fruit, like, man, this fruit is good. No, wow, what'd you do? I planted myself where I needed to be planted. I, need, I put myself where I needed to be. Not where everybody else wanted to be. Not where the crowd wanted me. I put myself where God wanted me. And when you do that, God says, I'm ready. He's going to restore what you lost. Somebody took some stuff from you. Wow. You're going to get them back. But there's power in the name of Jesus, this power that breaks the chains, it's all, it's done.
If you decide today, watch how God moves in the next few weeks. But don't go back. You can't go back. That's a decision you got to make. This is, come on, just one more night. Let's go, let's go have, no, I'm done. I'm done. Cut, cut those ropes that are attaching you to people. If you're going to follow me, you follow me to church. Because I'm not going anywhere else. If you're going to follow me, I'm follow me to Jesus. Because that's where I'm going. And God is ready. He's knocking at the door of your heart. Hey, can you open? Hey, there's a mess. That's okay. I'm not here for the mess. I'm here for your heart. And God's the restorer. He'll put everything back in its place. He's going to put everything and whenever you say that, you're like, only God can do this. Not the government, not the system. Only God can do this.